0: every institution creates its own boundaries and walls and superstitions, which have nothing to do, actually, with the essence of the teaching. (laughs) Yeah, superstition is a good word for it, because that's a real... really what it is, in many, many respects. Hmm. Someone was uh, telling me about the strictness of the sannyas in in South India. And... um, Advising me, because I'm, or ladies traveling with our group, and how to move and and so forth. That's all fine. It's good to know where you are and how people think and so on. Mm. But the other thing is to make them think otherwise. Mm. Make them, if <laughs> you should know what they think, but if what they think is largely superstitious, and I'm interested in helping them to break out of that. For example, I was told that there was a famous, well known, Sannyasi from the Ramanuja Sampradaya, and by chance he was touched by a woman, bumped into a woman. And it was a big scandal, and so they resolved it by his eating bitter melon, Corella for two weeks or a month only. Uh And everyone was satisfied. Uh So, (laughs) you know, what's the teaching? (laughs) Which which verse is that? And, uh, you know... And even if there is a verse, is it relevant? You know, is it is it the Siddhanta or is it just the cultural trapping? And who's gonna be the person that's gonna preach there and make those kind of points and bring the people up? I mean, that's to me is, that's a real challenge. But although it's a real challenge, the fact of the matter is all the power is with you to do that, because right, it is just a superstition, <laughs> it's not the scripture, it's not spiritual. That's my interest, and I feel that uh, it's in keeping with our particular unique contribution of our Sampradaya, Gaudiya Saraswat Sampradaya, Bhakti Vinod Parivar, coming from Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur. I mean, he's the one, and what Radha Kulin had, the Western toilet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it seemed like a small thing, but it means a lot. I once read a letter from a British lady, in the times of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, who was writing to her family and friends back home about the experience she had in India meeting Sadhu Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur. And she made so many nice points. And of course, the British were in India, and they knew Indians, what Indians were, and so forth. But her one of her main points was Not her main point, but one of her points, which is like, add to her case that there's something of substance here in this person was, and he even has a a Western toilet, like he's up to date. (laughs) He's up to date, actually, with the times. And this is the problem with so much of the devotee community. We can talk about high things, and that has value, but we live in this world, too. Somehow the two have to come together for it to be a relevant presentation. We have to have our head in the sky with our feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. A lot of the doers can't deal with the present, so they want to conjure up some imaginary idea of what the past was, mm-hmm. the Vedic culture. They don't even know that a good part of what they think to be the Vedic culture was the Muslim influence, just like ladies covering their head. That's right? a Muslim influence. You can look and see on the... Uh, in South India, for example, art on the temples, ladies with their head, had their heads covered. And, and that's why Sridhar Maharaj's spot, he didn't have the ladies cover their heads. He said it was a Muslim influence. Hmm. I mean, it was ruled by the Muslims for... Yeah, still, in the South, ladies don't cover their heads. Uh-huh. They wear some flowers and they yeah. behind uh-huh. their hair. Uh-huh. We have to be able to take the truth. A shastra is not the only pramana. We don't teach that. Jiva Goswami has acknowledged pratyaksha, direct perception is a pramana, a means of knowing, it's evidence. Reasoning is also evidence. Our only point about these two is they, in and of themselves, cannot bring us conclusive knowledge about the whole picture, the absolute truth. But they're not useless. So there are facts, in the sense at least that are relevant to a particular time, that may change. We may perceive the world in a particular way through science, and years later we may perceive it another way. But currently now, people perceive it, for example, let's take the cosmology example of the Bhagavatam. You know, so much about that. Prabhupada stressed in a particular way about the Bhagavatam cosmology. But if you study the letters of Prabhupada, you see, he was moved to come to the position he came to, ultimately, by hearing from his disciples and the input that he got from them. It's unfortunate, in one sense, but I'll be the first to admit, we were not very capable of advising Prabhupada, giving him the kind of information that he could then comment on and and make a relevant presentation as a result of that. That philosophy book was a good example. What was it called? Dialectical Spiritualism. Prabhupada had one of his disciples tell him what Kant said, and Hegel, and... But if you look at it, you know, the guy didn't understand Hegel, he didn't understand Kant, and Prabhupada was giving the answers, so the pet book would, would not be much respected amongst people familiar with Western philosophy. And Prabhupada himself said that he felt a lack, that he couldn't, it was nobody take, get any advice from you. He wrote the on Marsh like that. I mean, we were all nice, and we would do whatever he wanted, but one of the things he wanted, we couldn't do. <laughs> we couldn't give him practical advice, I'm not entirely that's not, not so, but, but to an extent, we were children. Prabhupada said, my grandchildren are coming, but my children aren't coming. He was 70, 80, and we were like 20, and when you're 20, you know, I'll tell you, it's a lot different than when you're 40 <laughs> and 50, how you can think about things. So. I agree with that. Now so many devotees there, they, they can't deal with the present. I brought up the example of Bhagavatam. Prabhupada went in a particular direction. Sridhar Maharaj initially discussed with Prabhupada about the temple in Mayapur. Mm. And he gave the idea for what became the temple of understanding. The idea was Megat Libriyat Bhagavatamrita, which is Srimad Bhagavatam. Basically, it's world religions class. Lokas are different levels of religious or spiritual realization. And Gopakumar is going up through so many planes to Golok, and ultimately then Baba is established there as the ideal of the Bhagatam. So he said to make it like that, eventually, though, the, the, the idea became kind of caught up in the, in the brahmanda, Material universe, making the temple, sorting out the fifth candle. And I once researched this and looked at the letters and saw how it it kind of changed. And Prabhupada had a couple of students who were students themselves in school and science, and they, I think, led him to believe that modern science could be overturned. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty admirable idea. It's what probably would call shooting for the rhinoceros, for sure. But you know, we haven't got too far in doing that. And those people who get far these days in making spiritual points, they acknowledge findings of modern science today and its value. They put it in a smaller circle inside a bigger circle of the spiritual. And I don't see any problem with that type of presentation. I think that's a more relevant presentation than trying to prove that the sun is closer than the moon. And if you study the Bhagavatam itself, why that even comes up? Sukadeva Goswami was told in the second canto in the very beginning how to meditate on the universe as if it were the body of the Lord, Virata So he was taught to see the Lord in his material nature, in, in Maya Shakti. So all the way up to the fifth canto then, in the fifth canto, he again asks, earlier in the fifth canto, is the story of Priyavrata and how Priyavrata had a chariot that went like this, brighter than, faster than the sun. And some just brief touching on cosmology. So he asks, tell me more about that because by hearing about the material nature, which is the Shakti of the Lord, I can understand the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, this is our whole teaching. By understanding the shakti of a person, the energy of a person, we understand the person. Right, right. So, Sugarev, how does he answer? He says, yes, I can tell you about the material nature, but you should know. He prefaces his whole explanation of the cosmology by saying you should know that it's un- unlimited, You can't really understand it, but if you want to know what it is in a nutshell, I'll tell you this. It's a transformation of the modes of nature. It's the magic of the Gunas. It's here today and gone tomorrow. That's what it is. If you understand that, then you can transcend it. Then he says, but anyway, according to what the geographers and Puranic historians and so forth have said it's like, the cosmology... I'll tell you about it. So you, if you look at that, and you look at each chapter as he begins to talk about it, this aspect or that aspect, of the sun, the moon, and whatever it is, he says something similar. Quranic historians said, the geographers have said, in other words, people of the time conceived of it like this, and so that's how I'm going to tell you. That doesn't mean that that's what it's like. It may be different. It could be changed. Could be viewed differently. That's not the point. So, so, sort all these things out and come to the essence of what Bhagavatam is about and live in that is so radical, so different from what we think it is. And it's so easy, even up to Madhya high madhi, madhi, madhi kari, to be trapped in a particular form and understand the liquid, the substance that it is. We have to become like liquid. Liquid can go into any shape. It's like when we used to sell books to people, we have to enter into their minds and understand what they were thinking and then talk to them about Bhagavatam from wherever it was, whatever loka they were on, you know, somehow or other. So we have to become so so fluid. And if we were living vital spiritual life, we will be fluid, at least fluid enough to be able to bend down and turn out a piece a piece of there's no spiritual life before that. This is nishtha. That's the beginning of an enduring spiritual experience, day and night, while resting, while waking. That's the beginning, nishtha. Principle and art is gone. You can, you can actually think of Krishna. I don't mean just remembering with your mind, but thinking of Krishna. Think, remembering means the experience of remembering. Really, it's mārman, It's like, like I've been here before. It's like I'm coming home. Not that we've been there, but the Krishna Prem is the teaching. Not only Bhagwis understand such but talker, but Bhagwino talker also. And this is important to note. It means, in our interpretation, in our understanding, Krishna Prem neti sevi There's such a Ananda Anu, Chit Kan, Ananda Kan. A particle of that Swarup Shakti inside the jiva. Particle, not the whole. Shri says in his commentary in Bhagavatam, Swarup Shakti is not in the jiva. That means the whole Swarup Shakti, but the possibility for particle. And why? That's why we feel like we're going home. Home is in heart. When a home-knowing person Speaks, it, it hits home, it touches our heart, it activates. That can't come out, it's small. It cannot come out without the influence of Guru, the Sadhu, but it's there, inherent. This is the, see outside of our line, they don't teach like that. It's all product of association. Your Swarup, your reality, yourself, but not, and they argue with Bhakti Siddhanta Sarashti but Everyone accepts practically Bhaktivinoda Thakur as a Siddha Mahatma. Even Manjari Swaroop this f- famous book about Manjari Svarupa Bhajan practice by, not well, forget, the disciple of Siddha Krishna Das of Govardhan. He quotes Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his book. So, for the most part, universally accepted. What, what, what point does he mean to, uh, that the swarup of the jiva is dormant in the jiva, and by association it comes out, as opposed to it being created at the time of diksha, Mm -hmm. as if the guru was the creator. By giving the Siddha now you have your swarup, otherwise it's been given to you, it's not inherent in you. Mm -hmm. This is the difference between us and every practically everybody. Therefore, in Jayavadharma you find... Vijay Kumar and Brijanath, same guru. One is developing in terms of Sakirasa, Subhal's love, other in terms of Radhasyam. Same guru. Because each has, we all have a capacity to eat. And if we sit down, we serve the same meal to everybody. But everybody's capacity to eat is different. The taste may be a little different, how much they can digest is different. The beauty of Mahaprabhu's movement is whatever is our capacity. It will come out, because he's Swayam Bhagavan. Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is the universal mantra. But outside of our parampara, then they teach differently. In other words, if you have Madhurya Ras Guru, then you will get only madhurya Rasa And because he's in that, because he gives that only, giving the siddha pranali, he gives the seed for that voice you don't have. It's a foreign thing. But it is the Svarupa Shakti. Our position is, we speak of free will, but we should know that our life is pretty much determined... There's a lot of determinism in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We are under the determinism of the modes of nature now. You're a fool thinking that you're doing something. It's only the modes of nature acting. This is Bhagavad Gita. And if you can wake up to that foolishness and become sensible, associate yourself with sadhu. Guru, Goranga. then you can come under the influence of Svarupa Shakti. Whatever is in the heart can come out. And then under the influence of Svarupa Shakti we'll act. That is the lila of Krishna. Krishna is experiencing himself, his own joyful nature, and the medium is his Swarup Shakti. And when the Jeeva is fully enveloped in the Svarupa Shakti, just like he's fully enveloped in the Maya Shakti, then he can function fully in that realm. We say we're individuals, and it's true. That means we're different from Krishna. But we have to remember we're as much Ved as Abed. We're as much one as different. Going to Līlā, what does it mean? Our will is replaced with Krishna's will. We have to empty out any desire of our own. Then. And how we do that? Thinking ourselves as servant of Krishna. So, all tastes in bhakti are based on service, and the service gets so intense that it takes a shape that looks like mundane enjoyment, that is the gopi's relationship with Krishna. It's indistinguishable, but that could be service, it cannot be recognized. The highest love is camouflaging itself, so serving ego means I have no separate interest whatever Krishna wants then what he wants of me can we say that he doesn't know what he wants of me ultimately is there anything Krishna doesn't know he knows part of our very being it's activated and we act accordingly and we are instrument for his lila it's Krishna experiencing himself joy itself and we can become a medium for that But the sense, our sense, our experience will be as if it's my own choice. Just like if you go to a store to put on a suit of clothes, then the tailor comes and he sizes you up, he puts this on, he puts that on, and at a certain point he says, that's you, that's you. And you look in the mirror, yeah, that's me. And (laughs) out the door you go. (laughs) Voodoo's to help us like that fit us. But it's us, really. What Krishna wants of us. What He wants us to want. And when we want that, then, it is even like coward boys are saying, we want those tall fruits, We want to eat them. Because they know Krishna will be happy if they taste them. Gopis don't want any enjoyment, any bliss. Why do they accept it? They know Krishna will be pleased if they do. Can you understand? What kind of service attitude they have. So that is the Krishna leela. We've come completely one with Krishna. But it's manifesting in variety. Dynamic unity. So our life is determined by the modes of nature, Maya Shakti, our life is determined by the shakti We're neither here nor there. Tatastha. Our life is a product of association. Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Shastri Pali Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Siddhi Try to associate with the persons that would change the course of our lives forever. The moment's association. Mm. Yeah. I read the Mahabhubhub said that. Mahabhubhub said? That's what I read. He himself said that. Just the moment's association. Chaitanya Chaitanya Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Lava matter, Sadhu Sangha, Saru Siddhi Hai. Lava means like fraction of a second. All perfection can come. Sridhar Maharaj once told me that Sadhu Sangha has great potential. Even a little bit, he said, just like an atom, is very, very small, but inside is great power. Mm. So just a little association, such power can come from that to change our lives in due course. Of course it's incumbent that we take advantage of it for that to happen. If that hasn't happened, no matter how we try, we'll not be able to activate in our nature, our real nature, and bring it out. And when it comes out, the shape it will take, it is so different from what we think Krishna consciousness to be. You cannot think of Krishna consciousness what it is. It's beyond conception we get some conceptual handles only for the sake of practicing so that we can go beyond the maya of conceiving so we have to understand it's very important that the whole mind has to stop for the heart to come out the heart is suppressed underneath the mind thinking, thinking, thinking all the time how to make my life better there's no way what you think what goes on between your ears and your head that will produce the kind of life that will satisfy you. It's not possible. So stop thinking. Chant Hare Krishna. That's idea. And you have to chant with that kind of faith. There's nothing I could do, nothing I can think about now that would better improve my situation, enable me to, to come closer to what I really want. There's nothing I could think about that. better than just hearing this chanting, stopping from thinking and when you try to chant japa like this and over time you'll find you're getting some success, it works you'll start to come out, the heart will come out many years ago in San Francisco the old San Francisco temple, was Ratha Yatra time and devotees were coming from everywhere and I was chanting japa and I had my first experience of in a small way what I'm talking to you about chanting Hare Krishna and not thinking, lost in the chanting. One can have sakshat, direct experience of that ideal. I found myself in a pasture with cows. Krishna wasn't there, (laughs) but I knew he was nearby. Nothing I could have thought about. Picture of Krishna, the deity, that you try to keep on your mind and in that way remember... In the Chicago temple, once I was preaching to the devotees, just casually sitting after prasadam, I was so absorbed, I began to remember i experience. So if, what I'm saying is very different than what we think of thinking about Krishna. And think about Krishna. And you put your mind on Krishna. That's okay. But when the mind turns off, when the self comes out and experiences himself directly in relation to Nam Prabhu, or in this case it was Kirtan, I was preaching. I was preaching to them and I was, as if I was in the, the most familiar land. wasn't Chicago. <laughs> but just, the, the language is very, very precise actually. Back to home. Back to Godhead. It's yourself, after all. It is you. And you means you in relation to Krishna. That is the full sense of the self. We want a spiritual life, not just spiritual experience. But if we're having a spiritual life, we should have some experience that will ground us. Much more than anything we can hear about, talk about, read about. All you're reading, all you're hearing is as valuable as it fuels your practice so that you can have experience. That will ground you in this. You'll never waver. Vasovarjam vasopiyasa Parandishtva That is the real Pramana. We say Shastra Praman it's the ultimate pramana. but really Chitana Charitamrita teaches, and this is just a quote from Bhagavad Gita experience is the real pramana. Tasting that is the pramana. And all philosophy logic, it washes out. We go to the land of faith, and then we come back to explain it. What can we say? We can say something. Jit Goswami has said a lot, Guru Goswami, but we'll be the first to admit God to justice to that. We should try to practice spiritual life in good company we get some experience we should think every day we are living for the in for moving on the inner landscape and it's not just what we do out here Every day I want to make spiritual progress practice in such a way we feel everyday progress is calling progress then we'll be able to, to gravitate towards the essence we tend to gravitate towards the fringe because we are so oriented. Sensually and mentally oriented. So we come inside because of some experience, the experience of a sadhu that he shares with us. Like Prabhupada shared his experience with us by being in his presence. And we are enthused. But then we come inside and then we gravitate towards the outside. Fringe of it. Whatever it be. Ayurveda or Arnashram Dharma or those things are all fine. Prabhupada talked about all those things. Cultural projects for preaching, they're fine. <laughs> as long as they don't replace the heart of the whole thing. That's not displaced. And suddenly we're only a Varnashram or an Indian cultural person rather than a devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Those things are important for preaching. And they may be also mediums for our experience, but experience is what we want. So that as much as we get experienced and we can think about the thing in a dynamic way, not get trapped in a mental conception of what Krishna Consciousness is. I mean, they're fishing in Goloka Vrindavan. What about that? So? <laughs> <laughs> Cowherds may go fishing in Goloka Vrindavan. <laughs> Just to give you a practical idea, I mean, the Parakitas, you know, is the most prominent example. We don't think about it so much what it means, but there are people, pious people, when Gaudiya Vaishnavism came around in India that just thought, well, wait a minute, you know, what is this? I mean, followers of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that's the whole argument for the Swakya. Jiva Goswami is different. He says sakya rather than Parakya. People took that side, not understanding Jiva Goswami just given Siddhanta. Gopis don't belong to anyone else. Parikshit Maharaj asked the question at the end of Ras Lila, how can the very bridge of Dharma be involved in it? Adultery. What does he say? Sukadeva says, You should understand, he's the husband of their husbands, even. <laughs> this is who he is. So, I know Jiva Goswami, he's our Tattva Acharya Siddhanta. I mean, written in many ways, his Brahma Samhita commentary, his Gopal Champu, of course, to the extreme. Bhagavatam, commentaries, and so forth, so on. Showing and the Swakiya, showing every Krishna. copies belong to Krishna, not to anyone else. But Parakiya is there also, eternally, because it gives pleasure to Krishna. Therefore, it's a reality in terms of Pav. And some city, Hari Dharma is determined by the extent to which Hari is pleased. It must be a reality. But anyway, people don't understand, and then they they want to differentiate Rupa Goswami from Rupa Goswami, one is saying Swakia, one is saying Parakiya. And these people who were arguing like that, because the whole idea of Parakia was just so far-fetched. You can imagine India 500 years ago, I mean today, with the speaker 500 years ago, their union outside of wedlock or with other people's lives, its absolutely unheard of. Rukmini couldn't even conceive of it. Rukmini, Mahalakshmi herself, couldn't conceive of that going outside of the Vedic Dharma. Therefore, she wanted to marry Krishna, but she wasn't prepared to run away to meet him. She went as far as engaging a Brahmin and sending him a letter. If you come and kidnap me in a kind of Vedic marriage, what do they call it, Rakshash marriage, some allowance for that. If you come and defeat this Paul and carry me away, my life will be perfect. Krishna, of course, came and did it. But she could not conceive, could not conceive of what the gopīs did. It wasn't possible for her. What is their position? We should talk about gopīs. and all, We should talk about it in this way so we know how far that is from where we are. That it's our ideal and how far we are from that. Then we'll have the proper understanding how to go there. It's not just around the corner. Rukmini couldn't conceive of it. Nibharka Sampradaya can't accept it. Anitsaragamara Sampradaya can't accept it. Maybe it appears in the material world when oliva is here, like Krishna kills demons, but not in the perfect golok, the devalila, We should think of it like this, such a radical thing, so that we can understand how radical is spiritual life. And all the talk about proper Vedic life, the gopi should be properly married, as I was saying earlier today. Then Every gopi wanted to marry Krishna. Every father wanted his daughter to marry Krishna. Krishna's parents wanted Krishna to marry all the gopis, especially Radha. Fair maidens with Poonamasi and Gargamuni, they arranged so that it wouldn't happen. By explaining that according to the astrology of this boy, he's going to leave home, go away from the village for a long time. If he marries now, just when he turns ten, eleven years old, he's going to leave. He will live for 125 years. And he's going to be living all that time in Dwarka practically. If the girls all marry this boy, as nice as he is, and as good of a match as they are, what will become of them? How will they be able to endure? The chance for their being corrupted is, therefore, would be very great. And what will become of the cowherd settlement then? There's kind of blemishes on our community. Can't risk that. So, with some reluctance, other arrangements were made for gopis to marry other cowherds. But seeing the natural love and the intensity of the love of the gopis for Krishna, no one could really accept it. Purnamasi created only an illusion of their being married to someone else. And in the council of the wise Purnamasi, she couldn't allow the so called Vedic thing to go on. The love of a young girl for a young boy prevailed. She said, don't worry, I promise you, you will never be touched by another man than the one you love. You understand what I'm saying? We can talk about the Vedic idea and this and that. (laughs) Right in the heart of the Bhagavatam, we find it's being thrown out. So we have to be very fluid, like I said, like liquid to understand the spiritual life. We have to be grounded obviously and that was the expertise of Prabhupada he grounded us very much in the Kaniṣṭhādhikāri conception of Krishna consciousness now, that sounds derogatory but it's not oh, Kanishad- we coming from atheism. Yeah. once Pūribasāmi Mahārāj heard a criticism of himself that um, it's a long story but Śrīdhār had once said that Swami Maharaj is a Paramahamsa. Marva Maharaj, Madhu Madhikari. Puri Goswami, Now, when he was saying that, what he was talking about was relative to the type of activities they were doing, we can understand what is a Paramahamsa, what is a Madhu what is a Kaniṣṭhādhikari. In other words, Prabhupada was preaching in a dynamic way. Adjusting the details in order to deliver the principle all over the world in foreign cultures and uh, Doing things that hadn't never been done before to deliver the principle of Krishna consciousness Madhav Maharaj was a strict follower of Bhakti Siddhanta. talk Thakur opened many temples, preached, but followed very closely the standards of Bhakti Siddhanta Didn't let women cook in the kitchen, for example, things like that, the details. And Puri Marj was always involved with the deity worship now, it doesn't really mean that they're all... But he's just giving an example, citing that Their activities are represented with this. So anyway, when there was a rift between the successor of Sridhar Marj's group and Puri Maharaj's group, because some of the disciples of Sridhar Marsh were going to Puri Maharaj for sannyas rather than going to Gvinda Maharaj, which some people in Gvinda group thought was what they should be doing. And they felt threatened by it. As you when know, these kind of things happen. As a last resort, one of the disciples of from Gurunamarja's side said, To keep others in the fold, Guru Maharaj Sridamar said, Puri Marja is Kanishadikari. So when the news came to Purimarj's disciples, they went and they said, Now they are saying that Sridhar has said, You are Ganishadikari. They were upset. And what did Purimarj say? Sridhar Marja said? He's given me some <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Ohigas. He showed himself to be Paramahamsa, to be an Uttamadikari. Not by trying, but just, just, just his natural reaction to it. So they have some Madikar. Adhikari, his or her Shraddha is Komal, tender. It means it can be affected, but it can't, it doesn't go away. If you actually are Adhikari, then your faith will not go away. It may be tampered with. It may be shaken, but it won't go away. And then we find, 99% of the time, disciples of Prabhupada, no matter how out of the loop they become or how how roundabout their course is, the Krishna consciousness, they're always in the, the ballpark, so to speak. And I think you will find, in time, here as a community, there are probably many older devotees, my age, and uh, thereabouts. And you see what was the preaching of Srila Prabhupada, what kind of effect he had on him. so many people. When they come, start 50 years old and all, they start thinking. <laughs> so many, b- b- he would for example, basic point use your human life properly. 50 years old, you should give up everything for Krishna. Yeah, all so many will come to that, for that. That was the power of his preaching. To make Kanishadikari out of nothing. Powerful preaching, not an easy thing. We shouldn't remain as Kaniṣṭhādhikāri, of course. We should try to understand the thinking of Uttamādhikāri. But Madhimādhikāri means you have to think a little bit dynamically. You have, to, you have to be interested in making progress. That is the real idea of Madhimādhikāri. Interested in making spiritual progress, practicing with that, not just to practice because you're supposed to, but... We're making progress. And then we can actually touch the spiritual reality, and then who has done that? Oh, he thinks very differently. The walls all melt then. Hare <laughs> <laughs> Krishna. Well, yeah. now the Prabhu was nice enough to invite me over to MVT, a place I've never been before. You know, I'm having a nice time. <laughs> so to be a little fluid, there's. If you touch the spiritual reality, then all these, what you say in English, uh, the uh, mental constructs, the mind just melts. And then, then we are not, proportionally, we be safe from being trapped in a conception, a mental conception of Krishna consciousness. We want a real Krishna conscious experience, not a mental idea of Krishna consciousness. And the mental ideas can be full of all the trappings of what we think is Krishna Consciousness. But we'll never know what is Krishna Consciousness just by thinking about it. We have to be Krishna Conscious. And that being does not involve really thinking in an ordinary sense. It, means it involves closing down the mind and letting the heart lead. And that means not in a sentimental way that we'll be led by our heart. But it takes some philosophy to fuel the kind of practice that will close down the mind so that the real heart can actually come out and guide us. And we need so many devotees. Like you, people are very young, but you can follow me. What I tell you, my groomer wasn't telling me these kind of things. Prophet wasn't preaching to me like this. He was preaching to me what I needed to hear. He gave me what I needed to hear. I, as a result of his association and prophets, I, I am whatever I am, whatever that is. But you are just young people. You can follow what I'm saying. What will you be when you're my age, in your 50s? What will you be able to do for the Sampadaya? We are not for making disciples. We are for making gurus. And then other people my age, like I say, Prabhupada instilled with us something. So many will come forward. Then they are not off the track. They are only going in a roundabout way. And what they gain in that greater circle, that also come to serve them when they become interested again directly in spiritual progress. The world experience that they've acquired it will also come to help them. She Marsh wants to allow our progresses to go to the highest peak of the Himalayas is through the foothills, so we'll go up and down and up and down, up and down, even while appearing to go down from a bigger picture, we're always going up. So this is what is needed today. Think about not thinking really practice Krishna consciousness. You can imagine how flexible Prabhupada was. And then to see him portrayed as being inflexible was so artificial. How flexible he was. For his time in Calcutta, West Bengal society, culture, he was such a liberal person. He looks very conservative to, to us in modern times, some of the things stressed and whatnot, but according to the times in which he lived, even with the spiritual circle within the Godiamat, it was just like revolutionary. To do what he did he had to be so flexible, and just like I said, like water. This takes whatever shape it's poured into and remains fresh and pure. Actually, in many respects, probably just, we say he, he, he gave Krishna consciousness to his disciples, they practiced and he followed even their lead if inspiration would come from somebody I to start a temple in San Francisco Prabhupada Krishna wants a temple in San Francisco Go there. and Prabhupada actually could he couldn't understand what it was happening to him Even he was watching the whole thing he was commanding it but it was that is a little artificial in a sense he was watching it happen watching it happen to him and wondering why me And with such a tender, childlike heart, in the beginning, for some time at least, he would write to his godbrothers and say, it's happening. What Guru Maharaj wanted, it's happening here. They're coming. We should have a temple here. Send some uh, uh, reinforcements. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, send some brahmacharis. Send me some adramas, some cartels. People wondering, what is he talking about? I it really, at a certain point, there was a shift in Prabhupada's thinking and he thought, Krishna's helping me more from this side than mm-hmm. from that side. It's a fact. That's why you find so much opposition in this, to go to matha those kind of Because Prabhupada had some experience like that, where he trusted his own, that Krishna was more dynamically expressing his will through his own disciples than he was as far as world preaching through anyone else. That was Prabhupada's experience. That's why he made a shift at a certain point that doesn't to say that it's all over and done <laughs> and so we could say yeah we could take feel help from shooter Marsh and so many others may be there to help us but probably wondered why is this is happening to me shootermarsh gave an explanation that bktisti talk wanted once expressed he wanted 10 years to live and preach in America this was of course before World War two so he had a vision America would become the most the awful country in the world at that time, london was, And he had emissaries sent to London and so forth. But he had a sense about America, and he wished he could spend ten years preaching in America. And Sridhar concluded that in Swami Maharaj, Prabhupada, he got ten years plus two, twelve years. And in a simple prayer coming on the boat, the whole of Gaudi Vaishnavism is expressed there in a simple, heartfelt tone. I once met with Chaitanya Goswami, one of the Radhama Goswamis many years ago, who was a young boy, like we were when he met Prabhupada and he told me in a boyish way himself that I asked Prabhupada that how we can please Krishna get Krishna's attention and I listened intently for his answer and then he said by pleasing Radha and I was so happy he to hear that <laughs> such a simple thing and it meant so much to him and what was Prabhupada's Prayer, again, find the whole of Gaudiya Vaishnavism there. He had the sense to reason with Krishna in a way that Krishna could not refuse. He said, Oh, my dear friend, it's known everywhere, it's an accepted fact. We use the word Dhruva, it's like the pole star, fixed, unchangeable. That if Radharani is pleased with you, your life will be successful. This is how he reasoned in his prayer with Krishna. Oh, Krishna could not refuse. You know that? You're counseling me like, like that? Like such a dear friend. Such a close friend. Who can give that kind of moral counsel and love? Like when Punamasi gave Madhu Mangal to Krishna. All gopis had gone to the Jamuna to commit suicide. Because it had been announced they would be married to someone other than the son of Nanda, the younger brother of Balaram. They couldn't live with the idea. They all went to the Jamuna. Not together, but individually they went. They hadn't all met Lalita, Vishaka, Radha with one another at that time. They all ended up at the Jamuna and found one another looked at one another's foreheads and faces and sorrow, expressions. They're feeling, she's feeling like I'm feeling. They became so close to one another. And then, The intensity of Radha, in this regard, made her the natural leader. They all held hands following her. They made a prayer. Let my father-in-law and mother-in-law be the king and queen of Vrindavan. Let my brother-in-law be the elder brother of Krishna. May we always live in Vrindavan. And they entered, now we offer ourselves to you, Jamuna. They entered into the Jamuna to commit suicide. The idea, the very idea that they would be touched by someone other than Krishna. But in any way they would be deviated, they could not tolerate how much they lived for Krishna. But they were saved. Kalindi herself came, the goddess of the Jamona, said, don't worry, it's all an illusion. You will not be married to anyone else. You'll never have to sleep with another man. To speak, you'll never be touched by one. And came Poonamasi and Brindadevi and Madhu Mangala. had was having heart palpitations at the thought that all these gopis, she's a little separate, like a forest nymph. So it was no question of her marrying anyone. She had consulted with Purnamasi again and again, as news kept coming. Purnamasi kept assuring her, don't worry, don't worry. you will never marry anyone else. They're Swakya, they're wedded, they belong to Krishna, don't worry. So she came with Purnamasi and on this occasion, to Juna and Manu Mangal also came. And after seeing the condition of the gopis, pacifying them, sending them home, the three, Purnamasi, Devi and the Mongol, they went and find Krishna, see his condition. What is the extent of his love? And there he sat in meditation, meditating on his love for Radha. His eyes closed, he kept, came up slowly, and Purnamasi gave some poetry about the nature of Radha's love for him. He came came to external consciousness some discussion ensued and the fact of Krishna's love for Radha and then was out in the open and at this point they had only seen one another just at the time of the subduing of Kaliya they got to glimpse him once as yet, they had not exchanged glances after the killing of Dena Kasur at the end of the Poganda Leela. Their love was innate, natural. So after that, seeing the natural extent of Krishna's love, then Purnamasi gave a gift to Krishna. What is a gift? Madhu Mangala. Please accept him as a gift. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. come. Sit accept Madhu Mangala as my gift. Keep him always with you. Give him good counsel. In these type of affairs, everyone wants to give counsel to Radha in their separation, but who will counsel Krishna? <laughs> that is also concern for some. So, uh, in, in this spirit, he reasoned. If Radharani is pleased, then that will be good for you. And my Gurudev is representative of Radharani. Like in Briyad Bhagavatam, Kumar's guru is a delegation of Radha but he himself was a Gopala he said my Guru Maharaj wanted me to preach in all over the world and I need some power to do that you have the power and my reasoning is if you please my Gurudez who wants me to do that by giving me the power that will mean Radharani is pleased with you and as I've said if Radharani is pleased with you then Everyone knows, that's a sure thing, that's fixed, your life will be successful. And, certainly he gave him the power, we are all the fruits of that, we are the fruit of that power. This is the very, going to the heart of Gaudiya Vaishnava in a simple prayer, Prabhupada could be such a successful preacher, such a powerful preacher. In no small way Krishna gave him the Shakti, Krishna Shakti vinenahitaar pravata. Without that it's not possible to do that kind of work. And, under the, and as I'm saying, under the influence of that power, that shakti, one has to be a very dynamic thinker. One will be very flexible. If just to go in that direction, we have to flex and exercise our heart to the point of Janadapisunicena. You know, there's a saying in Bengal, I wanted to be a Gaudi of Such a nice idea. But then I heard this sloka. I knew it's not possible. I had to give up. <laughs> we had to be that flip so we can bend like this. It used to be like that here in Vrindavan, I remember, Krishna Balaram temple and we would go into Loy Bazaar and come back and anyone on any rickshaw was always play in the basins. And now so many times I'm going and it seems a less friendly and endearing and we, become a little, we all become influenced by the pride of our qualities, abilities, or over nothing. In Prabhupada's presence, we were a forceful but humble group. We were convinced. Is that actually the, the real experience? of sitting before a real saint like Prabhupada, we, feel we should feel two things. One, how unqualified I am. We feel our conditioning. And two, what potential I have. At the same time so we have to be very flexible to spread Krishna consciousness it's such a simple thing I mean, I've been thinking about this for uh, the last month or so knowing I would come to Vrindavan, knowing I would see so many old faces persons my age older thereabout they all came for the same thing same reason we we're all involved in this this one went to Sri Dama and went to that Marsa I mean, we, we didn't go anywhere we went we all Interested in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. I went outside of ISKCON, I followed the GBC because they said if you have take any instruction for Freedom Raj, you have to go outside, so I was obedient. Mm-hmm. But well, I remember sometime after that I was in Loy Bazaar buying something from Nanda Kishore or Bipin. I remember the days when we would come, Danan Prabhu would come with a big, you know, that was $10,000 and somebody else. Uttama Shloka from Chicago with $15,000 and somebody else from Los Angeles, $10,000 to spend on the deities, so exciting the time it was. Anyway, I was there and he said, um, so Maharaj, which, uh, which temple are you are with? I said, I'm not in ISKCON. He laughed, he you can never go away from ISKCON. <laughs> and I laughed, I said, yeah, you're right about that, <laughs> that's true. We're all in this together one way or another. And as we get older, you are young people, but I'm advising you. But uh, as we get older, all of us are influenced by Prabhupada. I've been thinking, as I say, the last month or so, coming here, knowing I would meet so many older godblers and goddesses who joined before me and and did more valuable service even, that after a while you have to settle on what's really important, what's essential. Prabhupada instilled that in us. I get to this age and you think, well, I've only got so much time, what's important to me? And then as soon as you really focus on that, then it's so easy to get along with everyone who's who's interested in that and even with those who aren't. Because you feel you have something to share with them that's meaningful. So I have a hope that so many devotees, especially my godbleness and god sisters, that we we'll all come together in a meaningful way. To make a relevant presentation of Krishna consciousness that Prabhupāda was so much about, bhakti samsasa was so much about, this is what bhakti vana was about, to make a contemporary, relevant presentation, in order to do so, we had to be tasting it, we had to be experiencing it, and therefore able to adapt it to different shapes, times, cultures, and preach accordingly, to extract the essence of it. So, this is, anyway, how we started. Talking about your music and Bowl Sangeet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming, Dhananjay Prabhu. Nice nice to see you.